0: Hi, I'm Regina Boyd, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist and Licensed Mental Health Counselor, and your host of the Connecting Out Loud podcast. Here we talk about connections with our families as they relate to our mental health and Catholic faith, all while connecting you with those you love the most. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we're going to talk about depression and how you can manage your symptoms without medication. A lot of times when I am working with people in the- with therapy, a lot of people are hesitant about medication. Maybe they've heard a lot of bad things from friends or family members of there. They've heard about other people's negative experiences when taking medication, maybe negative side effects. And so there's a lot of misconception out there and just a lot of horror stories about, um, people's experiences. And so there's a fear sometimes of, you know, is there a way that I can manage my depressive symptoms without having to use medication? A lot of people ask about that. So that's something we definitely explore. And in general, um, just my practice in general, I usually, uh, try to go with the lowest level of care possible, meaning if we can, uh, help you feel like yourself again without having to use medication, that's going to be my number one go-to. And if that's something we need to visit later on down the road, then we will. So today's episode is going to be all about that. I'm going to talk about six specific ways that you can manage your depression without the use of medication. So um, here we go. Okay. So to start out, let's talk about symptoms of depression, how to recognize If you might be experiencing some symptoms of clinical depression in the first place. So a major depressive episode, something that is clinical and that we need to pay attention to is something that's defined by, I'm going to list off some symptoms here, and then I'm going to talk about how long you need to experience those symptoms. So some of these symptoms could include depressed or irritable mood, sleep problems, either sleeping too much or too little change in your interest, not being interested in things that you used to enjoy or low motivation, excessive guilt, unrealistically low self-image, significantly low energy, or a change in your self-care. Maybe you're not showering anymore, significantly worse concentration, a decline in either grades or performance in general at work, changes in appetite, agitation, severe anxiety, panic attacks yes, that can agitation can be a part of depression as well or suicidal thoughts, plans or behaviors, um, self-harm those types of things And so a lot of people just jump to self-harm and think oh well, I don't have suicidal thoughts so I don't have depression but as you can see there's a whole long list And so if you are experiencing at least uh, five of those symptoms, Every day, or most days for at least two weeks or more, then this is a sign that you could be experiencing some clinical depression and something you probably want to look into. So if you know somebody who's going through this, if you're experiencing yourself, what can you do? There's a few things you can do. There's actually lots of things you can do. One, of course, being going to therapy Um, but here are some things you can do on your own to try to help and see if that helps give you a sense of relief. The first thing I want to talk about is sleep. It's so basic. We all know how important sleep is to our health, and yet it's so hard in our U.S. culture to maintain healthy sleep habits and to make sure that it is something uh, useful to us and that it gives us what we need. And so when we have adequate amounts of sleep. We're more rested. We're able to tolerate and have the emotional mental bandwidth to deal with those feelings of depression and those waves that can come upon us, those emotional waves. And so what are some ways to make sure that we get good sleep? First of all, you want to have a calming bedtime routine. You want to make sure what you're doing before bed is not energizing you or keeping you up more like you don't want to be exercising within an hour or two of bedtime you don't want to be you know watching a horror movie or something that's going to get that adrenaline pumping so a calming routine that includes maybe a bath a shower reading a book prayers anything to kind of get your body to know that it is time to calm down and slow down and Ideally, it'd be nice if you were aiming to go to bed at the same time each night. That gets your body on a clock and a rhythm and helps your body to know when it's time to rest. If it's different times every day, then it's a little bit more of a challenge. And here's the tricky one. Here's the one that's really a big one for a lot of people. Making sure you avoid any electronic device use 30 minutes to an hour. Yes, I said that 30 minutes to an hour before you go to sleep. And I know that's really challenging, but it's so important because you are getting that blue light. We all know about the blue light rays coming in and even when our eyes are shut, so we can be asleep. And if we have lots of lights on in our room, if we have the TV going while we, while we're sleeping, if we have an alarm clock, that's really bright, maybe a street lamp that comes in through the window from outside those light rays still pass through our closed eyelids and can disrupt melatonin production, can disrupt our sleep cycles. They can disrupt how effective and how deep of a sleep we're actually getting into in the middle of the night. And so we want to start early before we go to bed with that good routine and making sure our body is able to start producing that melatonin so that we can get into those deeper cycles of sleep. So, I know easier said than done, but I'm just putting it out there. That is one thing that you can work on if you're worried about some signs of depression, something you can do. The second thing is connecting socially. Um, It can feel like a burden. When somebody is experiencing depression, they can often feel like they're a burden to other people. And so isolation is very common and possible. They don't want to dump their feelings on other people, or they could just be having low energy levels in general, not really wanting to hang out with people. But we have to remember that community provides a really positive distraction. And so we want to find those ways to connect socially so that we can be distracted from our depressive thoughts and have kind of give us something to do. So whether that's hanging out with friends, family, Um, or even a support group. If you find a support group online or in person, somewhere where you can just be connecting with other people, going out for coffee, you know, doesn't have to be a big production, but just connecting can really help improve the mood and provide a really nice distraction from our thoughts. Third, sticking to your normal routine. Routine, routine, routine. I'm going to say it again. Routine is so important, especially when depression creeps in because depression wants us to think that we can't do anything, that we don't want to do anything. It tells us how tired we are, how exhausted we are, and it makes it really challenging to get anything done, just sometimes to even get out of bed. So the nice thing about a routine, if that's just at least your bare minimum, if you did nothing else accept, make a priority to stick to your normal daily routine no matter what. One, it provides a sense of stability for you. It helps you not feel so lost in the waves or sort of um, kind of at the beck and call of depression, so to speak. You get to be in control and you get to decide what happens to your day regardless of your mood. And then I would say what's also great about that is that it prevents you from staying in bed all day. So if you do have a symptom where you are feeling like you just want to stay in bed, it is hard to get out of bed. Sticking to your routine, no matter what kind of forces you out of bed, it also prevents you from isolating yourself because chances are part of your routine would involve going to work or to school or having contact with some other human being throughout the day, whether you're going to the store or something like that. And so sticking to your routine can really be a nice way just to kind of maintain a sense of normalcy and stability, despite the emotional experience of those symptoms that they, those symptoms can bring. Fourth, try new things. So, so far we have sleep, connecting socially, sticking to your routine, and now we're talking about trying new things. Now, this is a tricky one because everything within someone, when they are experiencing depression, says Uh, no, I don't, not only do I not want to do the things that I usually normally enjoy. Now you're telling me to go find something new that doesn't even make sense. I can barely do the things that I already know that I like, but what can sometimes help some people is that maybe as you're looking and searching for new hobbies or things to get involved in, there could be something that just sparks your interest enough that is just intriguing enough to actually make you want to. Uh, expend some of that energy and try that it could be enough to get you out of that slump or at least while you're participating in that new activity. It takes you out of that slump momentarily while you're engaging in the activity at, at least and again provides a nice moment of relief. but also trying a new thing involves some type of practice and involves some habits, some concentration. so it provides an ability to focus in a way that maybe, your depres- depressive symptoms haven't allowed you to focus in the past. So that could be something kind of to mix things up. Trying something new can be a way to kind of throw a curveball at that depression. It won't see what's coming. and won't see it coming. And that can be a way to hopefully break you out of it for a time. Fifth, including some greenery in your home environment or your work environment, wherever you spend a lot of time. They have found through research that nature is found to improve mental well-being overall. So for symptoms of anxiety and depression, um, being out in nature is really helpful. So why not bring some nature into your home and have some type of plants around? And that can be a great way to make sure that there is nature close by and it's sort of doing the work for you without you having to really do anything except look at the beautiful plants and maybe water it from time to time. But uh, other than that, it's not something that takes a lot of effort and can be a nice way to help with your symptoms as well. And number six, tracking your depressive thoughts. This one is a lot more challenging to do, but it is very valuable if you can spend the time because we want to find out what are those thoughts for you? What are you experiencing? And how severe are they? And and then not only that, how severe are they? How do they, how severe are they based on what time of day it is or based on what situation you're in? And so sometimes when we can track and figure out when are those thoughts more likely to arise and when they arise, what situation am I in? Maybe it's I'm involved with a coworker who's aggravating. Maybe it's when I'm alone. That's when all the thoughts come to me. We can find out when those times are that those thoughts are more likely to occur and we can work on what to do in that moment, whether it's some type of mindfulness technique, a calming technique to make sure that we bring ourselves out of it or some type of way to replace those thoughts. That usually takes a little bit more work, journaling or some therapy to work on how do we replace those thoughts with more positive, helpful thoughts. And so tracking can be really great as well, because it brings more awareness to what you're experiencing. Sometimes when you're in the midst of something, it's really hard to know um, what's going on. It's just everything's happening to you. And so when we can actually track and log things, some of these thoughts, it brings some awareness. And once we have the awareness, then we're able to actually do something about it. So those are six ways that you can manage your depression fairly effectively without medication. Now, of course, this is a little bit different for everybody. So just because you do these six things doesn't mean your depression will automatically be cured. And, um, if you, you still might need additional help or support regardless of these six things. Um, but these are things that you really can do on your own that have been shown to be effective and helpful. And hopefully it's enough to help move the needle for you so that you feel like you're in a much better place. So just a quick review, sleep, Connecting socially, sticking to your routine, try new things, include greenery in your home environment or your work environment, and then tracking your thoughts. And then lastly, I, for the mental health tip of the day, I think this is a great tip for a lot of situations, whether it's anxiety, depression, uh, trauma, Uh, I want to talk about progressive muscle relaxation and progressive muscle relaxation is a great technique for reducing overall body tension, any type of psychological distress. And it's really um, simple to do and easy to do. So I thought this would be a good way to weave in what we're talking about today. So if you're thinking about what else can I do, this is kind of like a bonus tip for you. So I'll walk you through the steps of progressive muscle relaxation in case it's something you'd like to try on your own, but it's basically in a nutshell, it's tensing, tensing and relaxing your muscles, different muscle areas of your body, um, so that you can effectively be more calm and more focused. So you would, would want to block off some time, make sure you have some alone time of around 10 to 15 minutes, um, and that way you can relax. You can be in that space and know that, okay, um, maybe you set an alarm for yourself and say, no matter what, you know, I'm, I'm going to be done at 15 minutes. Um, that will help you to be relaxed and more present in the moment. Find a private place to be, sit, make yourself comfortable. Um, try not to... Um, have your arms crossed and your legs crossed, make sure everything, you know, your body can be fully circulated. If you have the ability to lie down, that would be great, but you don't have to, you can sit as well. And then you could start with um, your facial region. So begin by tensing all the muscles in your face, make a tight grimace, close your eyes as tightly as possible, clench your teeth, even move your ears up if you can, and you hold this for a count of eight seconds as you inhale. Then you would let go of that tension. You would exhale and relax completely. Let your face go completely lax as though you were sleeping. And feel the tension seep away from your facial muscles. Enjoy that feeling. Take your time. Relax completely before you move on to the next step. And you can repeat that over and over until you feel like your face is thoroughly relaxed. And then you would move to your neck. You would do the same thing, completely tense your neck and your shoulders and inhale again, counting to eight and then exhale and relax. And again, you can repeat that until you feel like all of that tension is gone. Um, and then you just work your way down those various regions of your body, your chest, your abdomen, your right arm, You can even be really specific, like your forearm, your hand, your left arm, um, your entire right leg, your foot, left leg and foot, face, neck, shoulders, arms, all of those things. So you can practice. And um, a lot of times, you know, I do shortened versions of this with clients sometimes in therapy, Um, just doing shoulders and neck and whatnot, or feet, stretching out feet and legs. But make sure this is something you practice, um, because the more you do it, the easier it will be. And the easier to, once you kind of get a hang of it, it'll be really easy to reduce some stress for you. So I hope that you find that helpful as your little bonus tip and overall mental health tip of the day. I mean, I think progressive muscle relaxation is really helpful for anyone just having a stressful moment or a stressful day. Um, and that's all I have for you. So I hope that you find that helpful. Those of you that are experiencing depression know that I will say a prayer for you. Please know that you are not alone and many people experience this and there is hope and help and treatment absolutely available to you. That is the good news is that depression is absolutely treatable. So do not be afraid and I'll see you guys next time. If you have enjoyed this episode, you can find more Connecting Out Loud content on our Facebook and Instagram pages. As always, I appreciate each and every review. So if you can take some time to rate and review this show, I read each one and I love hearing from you. Be intentional and connect out loud.